Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire Podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri. Welcome into the program. Great to have you aboard. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell a friend. Alyssa, I'm a little conflicted about this game, right? Because going in, last week we talked about how Justin Fields was getting a pass, I think, for some you know, some tough games. He was, he was rough. The stats weren't there for him. He, he was grading out as probably one of the worst quarterbacks in football, if we're being honest. And a lot of that's out of his control, but some of it was in his control, right? And I just was kind of begging on the podcast last week that, all right, let's stop making so many excuses for him and let's see him do some things on the field that get us excited and show that he is a special player and he is the future. And, man, I think I was texting you in all caps, right, on 4th and 1 from the Niners 22 when he made that scramble, right? Reversing field, cut it back, make something out of nothing, touchdown. I mean, that was sweet. I think I texted you, that's more like it or something like that. I was so fired up. I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about from Justin Fields. I, we're going to you know, get into everything about this game, this loss to the Niners. But right off the jump, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I was looking for from Fields. It was great to see that. I think that's the game that most Bears fans have been waiting for. Yeah. I mean, granted, it took about six games to get there. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it happened with, with Matt Nagy not being anywhere near the sideline. Of and course not. Not having, not having to be any kind of influence whatsoever. But just kind of like, I mean, you look at it, the Bears have lost three straight games. But at the same time, I'm not as frustrated as I was after the Packers game. Or the uh, or the Bucks game because of Justin Fields because he made noticeable progress in his development in that game and at this point it's clear the Bears aren't contenders the most important thing at this point from here on out now is what's best for Justin Fields and out is he developing and we saw him take a big step forward against the 49ers no doubt about it I'm I'm, I'm fired up about it and yes uh, Matt Nagy uh, because of COVID was in his undisclosed location quote unquote we'll get into that here coming up in a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fired up too. This is what we're looking for. We're looking for, for hope, right? And Justin Fields, I think, uh, provided that with that play. The Bears were down seven. He scores the touchdown. There's 9.32 left in the game. So you're about to tie the game with an extra point, Alyssa. The place is going bonkers. You're home. You're in Chicago, right? I mean, what a moment that was. And then here's where the air comes out of the balloon, right? You missed the extra point. So now you're still down one. And then you give up three explosive plays to the Niners who answer in five plays and build a lead back up to eight immediately. And watching the game, that was such a deflating moment for me. I was so fired up about from fields in that play. And I think the whole stadium was and boom, the air was out of the balloon right after that. And that is just, that's what's wrong with the bears right now, right? That is just franchise wide dysfunction. That play by fields should have spurred them to a big win. They should have won that game going away after that. That was the moment. And instead, you missed the extra point in the 49ers score in like two seconds. You know what I mean? That was just so frustrating. And as much as I loved Fields, that moment after the game was so deflating. I hated it. Yeah, like, like you said, that moment, that, that play, I, I, I've watched it too many times to count because <laughs> that's the thing. That's the reason why. Like you were watching that game on Sunday and it was like, oh, that's why the Bears traded up to get him because he has the ability to make plays like that. And the thing is, he's also a really great passer, but he hasn't really, the, the passing game isn't in sync for a combination of things. 
And, you know, getting to see him kind of, he did a little bit of both. You know, he found some success in the past and he made some big throws when he needed to. And for the first time, he used his legs. And it didn't look like, and it reminded me of uh, Mitch Trubisky when he was with the Bears and like, like Matt Nagy, like telling both of them, like, don't just run, right? Stay in the pocket, be a pocket quarterback. Like I was getting that same kind of vibe from Fields because he's someone that just kind of reacts, right? Just let him go play backyard football. If the throw's there, he makes the throw. If not, he's always going to look to throw first. If it's not there, just take off running. Don't think too long about it. When he thinks too long, that's when he's taking those sacks and that's when those fumbles are coming and everything. And he just seems so much more at ease, whether it was, I don't know, not having to look at Matt Nagy on the side, like knowing he wasn't Probably, there, yep, yep. whether it was Bill Lazor just being able to do his own thing without Matt Nagy in his ear or whatever. And it was just really, really good to see. But like you said, then Cairo Santos has his first miss of the entire season. Thank goodness it was an extra point. That 37 consecutive field goal streak is still alive. But I can't be too mad at Cairo Santos because that's, I mean, he's been their, their best offensive player, you know, for the last couple of years, all the field goals he's made. Uh, so it's hard to be mad at that. But I get what you're saying. This this team, this is just a bad football team. And, and it's a badly, a poorly run organization at this point. Yep. The Bears are, they're losers right now. It's extremely frustrating. They're not a winning football team yet because that sequence um, was losing football. And yeah, who are you mad at? The defense. You're mad at the defense, right? We talked about it last week, Alyssa. We previewed this game. The 49ers have two players that you're worried about. Eli Mitchell and Debo Samuel. They only throw to one wide receiver, Debo Samuel. That's it. Six catches, 171 yards, including an 83-yard catch and run, almost touchdown on third and 19. Come on. Like, how do you let that happen? And Eli Mitchell, I mean, he tore it up for your fantasy team, Alyssa. But 18 carries, 137 yards and a touchdown. Like, those are the two guys. How do you let those two destroy you? Like, man, what's happened to this Bears defense? I know you've been writing about it on Bears Wire, but it's like, it's unexcusable to me to let those two guys, especially Debo Samuel, like, triple team him. Make them throw to anybody. Make them throw to Brandon Ayuk, who they hate all of a sudden, right? Like, make them throw to anybody else. He's the only guy, and he ends up with 171? Like, it's crazy. How did that happen? Yeah, Sean Desai was just completely outcoached by Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, we're kind of seeing, we forget sometimes, because Desai has been pretty good this year. This is his first year as a defensive play caller. And his first game against the Rams was kind of a nightmare. And then the Bucks game. And so, I mean, like, he he still had, he has his growing pains as well. But he was completely outcoached. It was also, I know they were missing Khalil Mack, but you can't blame that on Khalil Mack. I, like, I know they obviously performed better with him in there. And Rob, the fact they had zero pressures and zero socks on Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Not come on now. Not good. Like, it's just, and like you mentioned, the play, and this is when I knew Ryan, and this is so bears because I've seen this happen over the over the years, especially against the Packers, yeah. on a third and long, and that play to Debo. I knew that was over. I knew it was over. Like, as soon as he, he should have scored. Uh, but as soon as he he ran it back to the one yard line, a screen pass taking it 83 yards, and you see Bears like flopping on the ground, missed tackles. It was like everything that's been wrong with the Bears defense this year, just kind of like, you know, just on one play right there. And I mean, I know he's good, but man, that that moment right there, it completely changed the momentum because they were up a score at that yep, point. They were winning. And yeah, you're right. That was a go ahead score. They were winning. They, were winning. The they had a chance got. to go up a couple scores and. That happened, and then it, it just kind of took everything out of the defense. The 49ers offense had been struggling mightily to that point over like the last uh, during their four game losing streak. And the Bears defense gave up four scoring drives in the second half. 
touchdown, 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 field goal. Just it, that's just like you said, it's inexcusable. Eighty-three yard catch for Debo. Mitchell had a forty-yard run, right, or a thirty-nine or forty-yard run, and it just felt like that whole game. It was like once the 49ers got it going in that second half, like you mentioned, Alyssa it was like, man, it's so easy, right? It just feels too easy. There's too many chunk plays. So I actually pulled up the play-by-play and went through it with my pen and my pad of paper, Alyssa. I'm going through it. The Bears allowed eight 20-plus yard plays in this game. And there were a couple like 19 or 18 yarders that I didn't include in this. Eight 20-plus yard plays in this game. The 49ers got on the Bears' defense. Like, I agree with Roquan. Like, this was embarrassing, right? The 49ers mm-hmm. were 2-4 and four coming in. And you gave up 467 total yards. You wrote the most since, what, 2015 they've given up? Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> and that was a bad defense. Oh, <laughs> man. The explosive plays, I mean, wow. They were just giving them up in chunks, huh? It was That was tough. It was tough. And I, I tweeted this during the game. I was like, why can't the Bears offense and defense ever play well at the same time? Yeah, great point. Because it's true. Point. Because, like, usually it's the defense carrying, carrying the offense, which we're used to more often than not. And then when you get like a, I mean, by, I mean, the Bears offense wasn't great by any means, but that was the best they've looked all season. And they should have won the game because the offense was able to put up some points. But at the same time, the defense just kind of completely crumbled. And it, I just, it, it was a shock. Like, I mean, yes, Khalil Mack wasn't in there, but you got Robert Quinn back. I know Eddie Jackson exited the game, but they had depth at safety. DeAndre Houston Carson, I think he's earned the number two safety spot at this point. He deserves more playing time. He's, He's definitely growing. He's a very reliable safety. And, you know, he makes plays unlike most of the other defenders. He's the one that he ran down the field. I'm trying to think, like, they, someone wrote us, uh, there was a stat about, like, how quickly he had caught up to Debo to save that touchdown on that 83-yard yeah. catch and run. Yeah. And, like, that's what you wanted to see. You wanted to see effort because a lot of the time it just kind of looked like, against and against the Bucks as well, like, just kind of like a lack of, like, effort or just kind of, like, energy. It just, like, looked off at times. Which 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 is frustrating considering where they were after the first half. It's like things just kind of completely changed, but just inexcusable what that defense did. They got to get they got to write it. No doubt. I mean, what's wrong with the Bears right now? Being down by one point after that brilliant Fields play with nine thirty two left, and then giving up chunk play, chunk play, touch touchdown <laughs> to be back down by eight in the blink of an eye. That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong with the Bears right now in a nutshell. And it all goes back to leadership, right, Alyssa? And uh, the fearless leader, Matt Nagy, was not at this game. He was away because of COVID, but he was watching from his undisclosed location. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that coming up next. This is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays for Week 9 of the fantasy football season. We're back to four teams on a bye, so we might have to dig a little deeper than usual. Quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa versus the Houston Texans. Houston is tied for the fifth most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks in 2021. Six passers have gone for at least 21.7 fantasy points, including Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. Not exactly world beaters. Tua can play loose knowing he doesn't have to worry about the Deshaun Watson trade looming over. Wide receiver Devontae Parker came back and looked pretty good. And with a limited pass rush, there's also another thing he doesn't have to worry about. He makes for a sound bye week or injury fill-in. New York Giants running back Devontae Booker versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Presuming Saquon Barkley doesn't return as he's still dealing with an ankle injury and also landed on the COVID list this week, Booker will face his former employer in Week 9. The Raiders return from their bye week with a defense that has given up the 6th most rushing yards per game in the last 5 weeks, and 3 times in those 4 previous games, a running back went into the end zone with the ball in his hands. 
Toss in a pair of receiving scores, and we're looking at a slightly better than favorable matchup scenario for the versatile Booker. The six-year veteran has produced double-digit PPR points in four straight contests. Lock him in as long as Barkley is out. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. Head coach Kevin Stefanski said Odell Beckham Jr. ostensibly has been kicked off the team, which makes Landry the de facto number one receiver. In a way, he kind of was already. He and quarterback Baker Mayfield always had better chemistry than Mayfield did with OBJ. Since week three, wide receivers have recorded the fifth most receptions for the ninth most yards per game against the Bengals. Over the course of 2021, in eight games, a dozen receivers have at least five catches to their name, and a matching 12 wideouts have 10-plus PPR points against his defense, and only five of those guys have found the end zone. Landry should be a PPR monster in this one. Tight end Jared Cook at Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback Justin Herbert has two great wide receivers and an awesome pass-catching running back at his disposal, making Cook hard to count on on a weekly basis in fantasy football. Both of his receiving touchdowns this year have come in the last four weeks, which is a plus. In the last five weeks, the Eagles have given up more volume than all but three teams, and one in nine receptions has found the end zone. That's the 11th highest rate. Anyone playing Cook should be hoping for a touchdown, and four times in the last five games against this defense, a tight end has done just that. For more fantasy football news and advice, please check out the award-winning content at thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. So, Alyssa, I really got a kick out of the undisclosed location thing. I saw that all over when you <laughs> when you search Bears, Matt Nagy. Uh, you Google it, right? I, got, I found an article about the, from the Chicago Times. Nagy, weekend watching from his undisclosed location, right? And he's talking about it. They had an interview with him, an exclusive interview. Uh, you know, where where do you pit? What 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 goes through your mind when you picture uh, the undisclosed location for Mad Nagy? It's like I picture him with like a fake mustache somewhere, like somewhere really awkward, like weird, like in a coffee shop or something. Oh no, it's like where where would it, what do you picture? Well, Matt, yeah, I mean, he's boring. I mean, he's in his house. Let's yeah, let's totally. just clear this up. He's totally in that that room. You remember with all this play cards just kind of scattered over yeah, the walls. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. It's hilarious. Hilarious. A couple years ago. Yep. Like he's he's in that room completely in a or in the basement or something far away from everybody and he's just like this mad scientist type of guy. Like, I mean, come on, he was at his house. He has COVID. He has to quarantine. I mean, he's somewhere at his house or a hotel room or or something. It's not like he's I don't know, maybe he is out at a coffee shop, hopefully wearing a mask. Yeah, breaking the rules. Uh, breaking but, the rules. Yeah. Right outside just, the stadium think, in a coffee shop or something. He could hear the yeah, crowd. He's, he's right there. He's right. He was right at he was outside Soldier Field. Uh, but like, you know, that was one of the big storylines heading into the game because they were asking, okay, like if you are going to be coaching, like, or, or like right now, where are you? And he wouldn't say, and it's just kind of, and like, people are like, why did you make a bit or why is everyone making a big deal about it? It's because of just transparency and the fact that Matt Nagy just cannot be transparent. Just answer the question. Where are you? Or where are you? I'm at home, right? I'm quarantining. I'm keep. I'm you know keeping everyone around me safe, right? Like just just say that. He always talks around the questions, and at this point, four years in, it's just getting really unbearable. And it's just, I mean, that's the thing where you know he's in his undisclosed location, watching on TV, like you said, kind of just furiously scribbling all these notes, and probably going like, damn, you know, 
I, I mean, I wouldn't have, you know, had that many design quarterback rollouts, right, or let Fields run the ball. <laughs> but, hey, it works. You know, maybe I should add that to the game plan. Uh, but it was just, I mean, with Matt Nagy, I mean, he's quite a character. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, at this point of the season, I'm just like, there's no way he's back next year. So I'm going to kind of just enjoy, like, just, you know, just enjoy the clown show while I can, I guess. Do you know how great of a pun you just you just brilliantly stumbled upon as you as you gave your commentary? <laughs> Matt Nagy is unbearable. That is so you gotta you gotta save that. You gotta save that one, Alyssa. Um, no, yeah, no. I just pictured him watching from the edge of his seat, like pretending to be talking into a headset or maybe wearing a headset that's not plugged into anything, being like, Justin, now Justin, Justin, I know you're close to running for a hundred yards, but you gotta stand in that pocket. Be a pocket passer yeah. first. You don't want to rush for a hundred yards, Justin. So no, yeah, believe me. But you know, so l- reading from the Chicago Times. As Nagy sat on the edge of his seat to watch special teams coordinator Chris Tabor lead the team, he often could tell what play offensive coordinator Bill Lazor was going to run based on the down distance and formation. But sometimes he didn't know because of similar formations, and that was, quote, challenging for the man used to being in control. So Nagy grabbed a notebook and began jotting down play specifics in his thoughts on how they unfolded. Quote, I didn't know going into it that I was going to do that, but I did, and it helped me kind of keep sane, Nagy said, it was just a really, really weird situation that I don't want to be in again. So, again, like, we joke about this all the time about how much of a control freak he is, Alyssa, and I just picture him being a complete psychopath watching that game uh, from the couch, right? Like, just jotting down plays, notes, talking into the fake headset. Like, that's totally what it was. Oh, he totally was. And you wonder why. I mean, aside from the defense, who just kind of looked completely just lost, but, like, everyone kind of looked like the offense because that's who Nagy deals with most of the time. They just looked more at ease. Like, they were just going out there and kind of playing the game, right? Like, <laughs> I was, like, laughing as you're reading that. Like, I just, of course, he's such a control freak. So and, like, much. you know when he comes back, you, you know when, he, when he's able to come back to the facility, he's going to pull Bill Lazor and, and John DeFilippo. They're going to have an offensive meeting. And he's going to pull that notebook out. And he's going to be like, okay, I was watching the game. And these are the notes that I have, right? I wouldn't have let Justin run the ball that much. You know, make sure he stays in the pocket. Like, all this stuff. But, oh, man, oh, Matt Nagy, I mean, he's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, he might have been on his burner account being like, hey, look, those in, look at those in-game adjustments. We got outscored 24 to 9 in the second half. It's not Matt Nagy's fault. He's on his burner account, right, helping his own cause. Uh, no, I mean, okay, we're joking about the head coach because it's fun, right, We and we like to do that, and also because Ryan Pace lied to us, and he said that he was going to have an aggressive mindset at the trade deadline, Alyssa, and didn't do anything. So the Bears didn't do anything. They didn't sell any pieces. They didn't get any assets for the future. Um, they didn't move Allen Robinson, who continues to do uh, nothing, right? Darnell Mooney is clearly our number one receiver. Six catches for 64 yards on nine targets in this game. <laughs> Where was Allen Robinson? He played. He just didn't do much again. And look, the Saints, they lose Jameis Winston for the year. The Jets, they have quarterback problems too. You've got Nick Foles. You've got Andy Dalton, two veteran guys that have been around but you're going to keep him because he will, I guess you need that depth behind Justin Fields, right? On that depth chart. So I don't know. I'm not surprised. I think the NFL trade deadline, Alyssa, is usually a big buildup to not much, right? And we got lucky this year, like Zach Ertz and Von Miller, some actual names moved around. Uh, but really on Tuesday, November 2nd, not a lot went down. Nothing went down with the Bears, and it's not all that surprising. But I was still a little disappointed. Like I would like to see maybe some type of move to kind of bolster the future a little bit. You did give up some draft picks to get fields. I would have loved to see them get some assets, but uh, it didn't happen. 
So, I mean, we haven't talked about Ryan Pace this year, Brian. And, <laughs> well, he's off I mean, limits like, since the field. Limits. Yeah, since the field's trade, he's been off limits. Remember, we can't make fun of him. But, I mean, at this point, okay, like, I mean, he's had his moment in the sun, right? Statute I mean, at this of point, limitations, now, so, yeah. Now yeah. that we have fields, yep. now it's about developing him. And at this point, he's not doing what he needs to. And, I mean, talking about, like, the trade deadline, I mean, like you said, you know, there's often there's not a lot of movement. And this year it's been a little different too as well with like injuries and probably people wanting to make sure they have depth at different positions. But when you look at the Bears, you know, this team, they're not contenders, but it kind of looks like Pace has dealt with this like they like he still believes they're contenders or that's the mindset that he has to have because I believe that him and Matt Nagy are fighting for their jobs right now. So, you know, kind of looking at what if Pace had done something like, you know, Allen Robinson and Akeem Hicks, those are the two names, maybe even Nick Foles I'll throw in there. Those are really only the three realistic, you know, trades that I was expecting, Agreed. Uh, especially maybe Allen Robinson, because he just hasn't done anything. And, you know, there was even a report that the Bears could, you know, we're going to pay out uh, the remainder of his contract or like <laughs> for the his signing bonus yeah. for his franchise tag. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you kind of look at it. I mean, they right now it's about, like we said, Justin Fields and building for the future. And because you've dealt draft capital in the past, including your first round pick to get Fields, which. I'm okay with because you finally got a franchise quarterback. Uh, but you have to now start kind of acquiring that draft capital back because now you need to build around him and you have an aging defense. And that's part of the problem too with the defense and the struggles is this isn't the same defense it was back in 2018 when they were in their prime, their Super Bowl window was open. A lot of these aging veterans guys won't be here next year. Akeem Hicks, Robinson won't be here. That's when he should have tried to get something, you know, anything for them. But then again, there's the compensatory pick thing that probably factors into it. Yep. But like you said, I was disappointed that they didn't try, especially because Ryan Pace is out here before the game going like, oh, yeah, got this aggressive mindset. Woohoo! aggressive mindset. You signed somebody to the practice squad. Way to go. Uh, it's just kind of like more of the same like lies, kind of yeah, like with Matt Nagy. Exactly. Just kind of Misleading. be transparent. Misleading, right? We still don't know like how long their contracts go to. Remember when they were secretive about that? Like, oh. You know, how long is this contract to? Uh, they won't tell us. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Just like, you know, like, I think that's part of the divide, too, and the frustration with the front office and with Pace and with Nagy is just, like, they're flat out, like, kind of lying. And then also at the time, at the same time, they're doing what's best for Pace and Nagy, not what's best for the Chicago Bears. And that's something that really irks me. Yeah, I mean, Pace could just be like, we're always looking at ways to improve the team and we'll see what happens. That's all he, he, he could have yes. said that. Instead, he says... We're always looking at ways to improve our team. We've made several trades this season, and our aggressive mindset will be ongoing. It's like, ooh, okay, something's coming, right? So it's like, why do you have to do it like that? Why do you have to do it like that, Ryan Pace? But again, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to rip Pace yet. I'm still proud of him for that trade, at, uh, you know, during the draft, Alyssa. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna back off. I'm gonna back off a little bit. You and I are on different yeah, ends. I'm not right now. I'm, I'm not, ready. Like put me in a room with him, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just unleashing on Nagy still. That's that's what I'm doing. Uh, but again, so. Justin Fields, excited about that. I think we saw a lot of stuff that we've been wanting to see that we've known, but we've just needed to see it. I think we saw a lot of it against the 49ers. That's reason for optimism. That's reason to be excited. Um, reason for pessimism. The Bears have to go play Pittsburgh on the road on Monday Night Football. So let's talk about that matchup coming up next. This is the typical sports book minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, to break down this week's Sunday night football game 
with the Tennessee Titans visiting the Los Angeles Rams. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Rams' favorite seven and a half. The money lines are Titans plus 280, Rams minus 370 for an outright win. The total is 53 and a half. I'm on the over 53 and a half here because there's more money back in the over, whereas more of the public is back in the under. Also, we have some over-friendly trends for the Titans. They're 8-2 to the over-under in 10 primetime games since 2018. They're also 19-11 to the over-under on the road since then, and 17-12 and towards the over-under as an underdog since 2018. Nate, how do you see the Sunday night football game playing out? I'm going with the under. The Rams are number five in QBR and lead the league in sacks. There's going to be no Derrick Henry for the second time in four years. Uh, That's where we're at. I think all that's going to cause the under to hit. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See Tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, a list of the Bears. Five and a half point road dogs at Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I'm looking at my Tipico app right now. It's the latest line. And uh, after seeing what happened against the Browns and the Bucks, you could argue that the Steelers' defense is as good, if not better, than those teams. So this could be... Uh, a tough game for the Bears, right? They're going to have to deal with a really, really good defense. I think what you're looking for as a Bears fan is not necessarily a win because I think Pittsburgh's got a pretty good edge in this one. You just want it to look a little bit better and not be like a complete and utter crap show like it was against the Browns and the Bucks, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, I still don't think this team's contending. And I think at this point, most Bears fans understand that this is kind of like a gap year, so to speak, for Justin Fields where he's just kind of able to to learn and get that experience. And, you know, if the bears can go out there and the offenses, I mean, this, that's what I'm really looking at is can they build on what they were able to do against 49ers? Cause they're nowhere where they need to be. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I don't, I'm a little nervous about that Nagy coming back. Cause I know that Joe laser is calling plays, but you cannot tell me that Nagy's not in his ear on the headset kind of, you know, telling him, Oh, maybe this, and this could work blah, blah, blah. And, you know, obviously we saw what the offense is able to do, but San Francisco's defense is completely different than the Steelers' defense. And like you said, this is going to be a big test, especially with the offensive line. I'm going to be looking for the offense to really have that progress, and I'm really hoping that the Bears' defense doesn't look ben, make Ben Roethlisberger look like the Ben Roethlisberger from, like, five years ago. Uh, it's so, hard to do, but, really? uh, you know, don't put it past the Bears in this one, you know? Yeah. I'm not – yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I really don't know what to expect. I mean – it's kind of like this. You go into a game kind of expecting something, right? And then the bear, the Bears just completely like flip it. So the defense could have like a really great game. Like who knows? But I mean, like you said, I think this game, it's on the road. Prime time Bears have not really fared well in the Matt Nagy era during prime time, unless they played the Vikings. And even then, they're you know not perfect. But yeah, this could be a rough game. But at this at this point, I just kind of want to see progress from Fields in the offense. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to run away from you. Like they're they kind of just their offense, like they kind of crawl up the field, right? Like they don't, they don't get a lot of chunk. They kind of crawl their way up the field. And last week, fifteen to ten win over the Browns. Like that's a perfect Steelers score right now. That's just how they play. But with that said, I just I don't know how you don't back the Steelers if you're betting the game. Like five and a half, it's a reasonable number in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think Pittsburgh they might have the edge in in every phase, including coaching. 
uh, offense, defense, special teams, they might have a, you know, a slight or, or large edge. The total, as we saw last week, um, you know, it's just a line under 40. It's so low that sometimes the over becomes an attractive number, right? And that, and that hit last week, the, I think we were all expecting a really low-scoring game, yeah. Bears-Niners, <laughs> and it ended up being a, a high-scoring game, a, a big one. It wasn't my 12-9. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These two teams, on average, they play games in the low 40s in terms of total. I think there's like very slim value on the over just because this number is so low, 39.5. I'm not touching it. I guess I would bet over if I had to, but that's a, that's a tough one to predict. Yeah, looking at the line, I was shocked that it was only five and a half, especially because the Steelers are at home. Maybe it's because and, of the kicker over there. They have no idea if they have a kicker. Well, hey, if, as long as you're throwing touchdowns on this Bears defense that just can't defend anybody, including the 49ers, then, you know, who needs a kicker? Go for two every time. <laughs> yeah, like, that, right. It was kind of funny <laughs> against the point. Browns. They kill their own kicker <laughs> on, a, on a trick play. It was just unbelievable. <laughs> That's such a Bears thing to do, so please don't do it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that line, I mean, I'd definitely take the Steelers five and a half, give it to me. Like, that's super appealing. But like you said, the over-under, like that, it, it's the, the Bears, I don't know who they are. They just are a different, you don't, that's a problem. We don't know who they are. Like one, you know, I thought for sure they were, th- this game was going to be the under last week, the, the Bears 49ers, and completely shocked me. <laughs> so with this, if I were to take the over, watch this be the 12-9 final, like, you know, who knows? Um, it could be a pretty ugly game, but yeah, this I, has mean, a chance I, I don't want to touch that either. I don't want to touch it either, but if I had to, maybe I would take the other. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I mean, definitely it could, it could happen. These two teams could end up in the teens. I don't think either side's really going to run away with it. It should be kind of close. So we'll see what happens. Maybe they have a chance to win. Uh, again, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't want them to get embarrassed. I don't want fields to get sacked nine times. Like that's just what, I, that's what I'm looking for. That's all I'm looking for, for the bears in this game. Just like you said, steady improvement. Steady improvement. And protect fields. <laughs> 100%. So, well, that was a fun show. It's, it's always fun when, when you got Nagy in undisclosed locations and we can do all that. Like, oh, that's, that's a good time. Uh, but, it's always fun. It feels like a therapy session. Yeah, it know? does. It does. Uh, but you, you got, we got to wait till Monday for this game, Alyssa. So you got a weekend, yes. you got a weekend off. A little, bit, a little bit less demanding Sunday for you. Sit back and watch good football teams good. play football. I yeah. mean, like, I'm, I'm excited. Bears. At Pittsburgh, Monday night should be fun. Alyssa and I will be back next week to break that one down. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you then. Bear down. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.